0: Welcome to Mission in Action, the audio experience for Newground, a Muslim Jewish partnership for change. We are a nonprofit with a vision of an American society where Muslims and Jews are empowered to create lasting partnerships and engage in authentic communication and mutual cooperation. On this podcast, you'll find a mix of our keynotes, workshops, interviews, speeches, and other audio from events led by our team. This week's episode is from Newground's 2012 Spotlight Storytelling event. Our speaker is a Newground Fellowship alum, Julia Moss, and her story is entitled Cadillacs and Orange Trees. We hope you enjoy. So in 1996, um, my family and my grandparents decided to get a trip to Eastern Europe to visit the homes of, the hometowns of my grandparents. Um, They were Holocaust survivors. My grandfather was in a work camp and my grandmother was in Auschwitz. And they hadn't been back since they immigrated to the U.S. uh, in 1946. So it was 50 years and we decided to go back uh, before it was too late. My grandfather at the time was uh, 85 years old. And my grandmother miraculously was still 39. Um, <laughs> I don't understand how that worked. It was amazing. Um, and uh, so it was—it was, it was really—it it was an incredible uh, trip for us. But what was really shocking to me—I was 10 years old at the time—and I really didn't quite understand that my grandparents were really from other places. They had accents, and um, they clearly were kind of foreigners, but they were living out the. Stereotypical suburban dream of America um, in the San Fernando Valley. And they had an orange tree in their backyard and a Cadillac in their garage, and there was a little league a few blocks away. I mean, it was the American dream. So this idea that they wanted to go back somewhere foreign didn't really resonate with me at all. I, I had a really hard time understanding that. Um, but we decided to go back, and it was really interesting because The area my grandparents were from was part of this uh, Carpathian Mountain area that kept on having an identity crisis in the 20th century. And when my grandpa was born in 1910, it was Austro-Hungarian Empire, and then it was Hungary, and then it was Czechoslovakia, and then it was Hungary again, and then after World War II, it was the USSR, and then when we went there, it was Ukraine. So really, we weren't going to anywhere any of us had actually been before. Um, it, was, it, was a little bit, it was a little bit interesting. Um, so when we got to um, to Eastern Europe, um, one of the first places we went was Kostria, my grandfather's one road farming village um, in the middle of the Carpathian Mountains that was absolutely, time had not touched this place whatsoever. In fact, I think the outhouse was the exact same one that he had grown up in. Um, which I felt like was part of my, my, my coming of age into my family um, a little bit. And his nephew, my grandfather's nephew, my father's cousin was still living in the house that my grandfather had grown up in. Um, and it was I mean, it was amazing. That we sat in the kitchen that my grandfather had had all his meals in. He took us around the, the fields around his house and showed us where he played. He showed us the, um, the shack that he had burnt down and then had to rebuild um by with his brothers um, when he was a child he taught me how to skip rocks in the same river that he had learned to skip rocks and my grandfather who was 85 at the time came alive he had been transformed into this man that i had never known before a 10 year old and an 85 year old have very little in common but all of a sudden he was this lively brilliant man who could play with me and show me so much of his life and I will always cherish that day. It was the most, you know, just, it stuck with me for, until now, and it still is this bright, shining light. Like, it was the youngest I had ever seen of my grandfather. Um, and it truly was a homecoming for him. And a couple days weeks later, we went to Umbar, or Usharud, uh, depending on what language you speak, uh, yeah, which is the Paris of the Carpathian Mountains, the um, city that my grandmother had um, always, you know, that she always talked so fondly about. My grandmother really had always had this uh, vision of our hometown as being this hidden gem in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was really, we thought we were going to go see this undiscovered area of. Uh, of of uh, Ukraine um, that other people didn't know about, and we were all so excited because she had talked about it with such fondness and such love. But it wasn't quite the city that she had remembered. The Soviet-era utilitarian architecture, uh, to say the least, uh, diminished the charm a little bit of of her home city, and the affluent metropolis that she had remembered was very much now stricken with poverty and government neglect, and the city was truly a shell of the, of what it had once been, and this really um, kind of destroyed my grandmother a lot, and then to top it off, when we went to the street that my grandmother was from, at first she couldn't even recognize her own home, we couldn't find it, and the reason for that is that when we did discover where her home was, it was completely covered surrounded by a giant wall, and on top of the wall was barbed wire. And the gate into the property was so reinforced we couldn't even see a little bit in. And my grandmother was destroyed. I mean, in that moment, she broke down this pillar of strength. This woman who had survived scarlet fever and Auschwitz and losing her first child and then immigrating to America and had gone through so much and it was always so strong and sold real estate in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was torn apart and broken to pieces. And as a 10 year old, I couldn't understand why we had gone there. I was so angry with my family. I, all I saw was how destroyed my grandmother was, and it killed me inside. Because how <clears> dare. <throat> My father, my mother, my grandparents, they take me on this trip that is only causing her heartache. To me, I didn't understand why we were there in the first place. And as a 10-year-old, I didn't quite understand how important it was for my grandmother to actually stand in the place that she had known, but realizing that she was also, simultaneously, in a foreign country where where they spoke a language she did not speak, and had no recollection, had nothing to really hold her to her past. It was important for her to see that. I understand that now, but back then, it just killed me as her granddaughter. And we couldn't leave fast enough, these Paris of the Carpathian Mountains. Um, and a few days later, we're back in Los Angeles, and I was helping my grandmother into the house with the orange trees and the Cadillac in the garage. And as she opened the door, she breathed this huge sigh of relief and said, Isn't it great to finally be home? Hi, I'm Aziza Hassan, the executive director of Newground, a Muslim Jewish partnership for change. Thank you for sharing your time with us today and for listening to this episode of our podcast. At Newground, We believe that conflict is natural and inevitable, yet not intractable, no matter the history. Being stuck is a choice. That's why we build relationships between Muslims and Jews, so that they can transform their communities through lasting partnerships. If you'd like to learn more about our mission, or support this podcast and Newground's work, please visit mjnewground.org. That's M for Muslim, J for Jew, newground.org. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you.